According to the custom that we have, which is to learn Pirkei Avos in the Shabbos in between Pesach and Shavuos, Yedin Shabbos a Perik, each Shabbos one Perik. Kumtuis become a Kamishon, becomes out in many years behind the year, as in our year, as Shabbos Parshabahar, Lentman, the third Perik, that on Shabbos Parshabahar we learn the fourth Perik. And since all everything to do with Minhagi Yisrael, Jewish customs, which are integral to Torah, and everything in Torah is Bediuk, is very specific and accurate, is moving, so it's understood as the Perik Revi, Hadashaychus to the Seder Bahar, that there must be some connection between the fourth Perik and the Seder Bahar because it's learned in that Shabbos. Another thing also, in Givisa Yorin is like Ba'imir Achal in the Vachlim Pasha Bahar. In a number of years, it, it, it happens occasionally that Lag Ba'imir comes out in the week of Pasha Bahar, behind the Gyar, as it does in that year. And according to the well known Shalah, which who says, As Yedemayed Hata Kishu Meda Pasha from the Vach Veneris Chal, that every Yamtif has a connection to the parsha of the week in which it for it occurs is moving so therefore it's understood as like Baimer at the Parsha Bahar. According to this rule, like Baimer is connected to Parsha Bahar. And since Bahar is connected to Avis, so therefore the three are interconnected with each other. Parsha Bahar, the fourth Perik and Perki Avis, and Lag Baimer. So we, in fact, find that in the Perik Talid there is a Mishnah, which is Mishnah Yigimel. We find in that Mishnah, we find a state, uh, something said by Rav Shem He says, There are three crowns. Keser Teir, the crown of Teir. Keser Kohuna, the crown of Kohuna. And Keser Malchus, the crown of kingship, royalty. And the crown of a good name supersedes all of them. And Lagba Emer is, of course, the, uh, the yard site of Rajbi. That's when Rajbi passed away. So it's the day of the celebration of Rajbi. And in that Shabbos, we read something from Rajbi. That the fact that from the many, many things that Rashbi, Rav Shimon Yochai said throughout Shas, biz az b'chol perik mepirke hamesechta shubeshas, the Alter Rebbe says in Ilkotatayra that in every single chapter in all of Shas, niske Rav Shimon, Rav Shimon is mentioned in every single chapter of Mishnayis. Even in the, in the Mishnah, the Mishnayis of Kalim, Negoim, and Uktzin. Even in those which are not your average type of Mishnayis, they're a little different than the other Mishnayis. And even in those complicated matters and so on, they're also in every Perik Rajbi is found. So, in other words, that Rajbi said many, many, many things. Kumt Ois, as Malerant Ad Den Maim of Rajbi Besmichasu Zaymi Yemalula. 
And from all of those many, many things that Rashim Menachai said, which one do we choose and to say on the Shabbos in with, during the week of his Yemelula? Then Kol Maasa V'Tayrosa V'Avadasa Shavad Be'Kol Yimei Chayav, the Hoylula of of a tzaddik, the Yartzad of a tzaddik is the time or the day that he passes away is the time when everything that he does, his whole life's focus is shteyin in zeir shleimus are at their height, at their ab- absolute height, at their highest level just before he passes away is when he reaches the ultimate level of his life's avayda so in other words that it, the what do we choose to which of his statements do we choose does the Mishnah choose to focus on on the Shabbos that he passed away is this particular one from the many many ones that are found all over the Mishnahis is the, the reason must be because in this particular thing that he said about the three crowns and the fourth crown that expresses everything that, that the focus of his Avedah that was what he was all about that's why from the many statements this one is the one that's chosen to be studied on the Shabbos of his Ilula based on what we said that is also connected to Parsha Bahar we established before is mistaber, it's therefore it stands to reason as the that this statement of Rajbi about which we're talking about is also connected to Parsha Bahar. So in other words, the, all three are connected to each other. This particular statement of Rajbi is connected to Lagba Eimer and connected to Parsha Bahar. And to understand why. Base. In Klolus Fununza Sedrigitzavis. In generally speaking, in our seder we find two extremes, two opposite extremes. The seder mitzvah from Shemitah. The first mitzvah in the seder is the mitzvah of Shemitah v'asherkim is in Eretz The mitzvah of Shemitah is practiced, observed only in Eretz Yisrael. Where the yidden conduct themselves in. The, uh, the system of a, an inhabited land. In other words, that things, everything has its place, everything has its proper way of being done. Hanhagal piteva, things go according to the natural process. Bizalzal pitaira, so much so that even, that even according to taira is done, or tefkisaimru, there is reason to, you know, there is at least the habamina, there is at least the question could be posed. What happens if you will say, What will we eat? The Torah says in regards to Shemitah that what happens if the Yidin will say, If you can't plant and play, you can't do any agricultural work during the whole year, what are we supposed to eat? So, in other words, that's a question which poses a challenge to the mitzvah of Shemitah. But because we're in Yisrael and everything works according to nature, therefore, more or less according to nature, therefore, there is room for this question as well. And therefore, this brings the question: How are we going to be able to keep the mitzvah of shmita if there's not going to be anything to eat? So, the mitzvah of shmita expresses a natural order in which 
we don't see beyond nature. It's difficult to see beyond nature. And then the continuing uh, parshas in the in the seder in the seder bahar, as Rashi points out, they go in a certain progression, but in a negative progression. They progress constantly to a lower and lower degree, where a yid falls lower and lower. For Nochayiridin and Chazal Shalom, that it goes down another level. The Chazal Zogn, as I say, just tell us that the parshas Bavayzin of Seideridin Rachman Lutzlan, that these parshas of Parsha Bahad they showed the descent that could happen as a result of not doing Shmita properly. As things could, they begin with Shmita. That a yid fails over there and does all the game bistutachos eridin, and that leads him down the path until he goes down to the absolute lowest levels, as if a and the parsha ends with discussing that if a Yid sells himself as a slave, and not to another Jew, but to a Goy, and even worse than that, what's called which Rashi says, that he sold himself not only to an idol worshiper, but to work in service to the idol, that he'll be the one to clean up or whatever, to work for the idols itself, themselves, or for the people that run the idols, Lias Loshamish to be a maintenance person there or whatever. As Rashi details the, uh, the order of the descent, that if you don't keep Shemitah, then you'll fail financially, and because you fail financially, there's a few de- levels in that in the parsha. Then you end up selling yourself as a slave, and not a, and not even to a yid, but to a goy, and not even to a goy, but to the idol itself, and so on. So that it leads you down to the lowest levels possible. And you can be in a situation where, as Rashi points out, that the, what the pasuk is saying, that a person could say could even have the idea, it could occur to him, as that since my master, since he's sold to a slave to a guy, his master behaves immorally. His master worships, is a pagan worshiper. He doesn't keep Shabbos. Of course, he does it because he's a guy. So therefore, I can too behave that way. And the, the Torah has to tell you, no, that you can't behave that way. But there is at least the idea that could occur to a Yid that because he's sold to a guy that does this, he could do it too. In other words, look at how far a Yid could have fallen. So that's the general uh, progression of Parsha Bahar. Idar, but then to the on the other on the other extreme, is das alts tail is a tail from Parsha Bahar Sinai. All this is included in a parsha which is called Bahar, Bahar Sinai, which is referring to Har Sinai. And Oiv Gehebener, Ungehebener. Har Sinai is an elevated, both in the literal sense, that it's a mountain, so it's high above the rest of the terrain. And it's also an elevated place, meaning spiritually elevated place. But there are Tfumatan Taira, the place where the Taira was given, spiritually the highest point possible. Where Yidin were at this absolute height, at the apex of their height, on in ganzen Welt, completely removed and higher above the world, the rules of the world. Asach even more 
much more than they were in the in the desert in general. The desert is considered to be a place which is not your what we called before the settled place, an inhabited place, a place where everything has its proper place. The midbar is a place where anything can happen. It's outside the rules of civilization. That is the place which is outside the rules of civilization. Spiritually speaking, that means that it's a place which is not limited by the expectations of the world. And Har Sinai is much above that. So it's much, even much higher, spiritually speaking, even than the midbar. So we're talking about two extremes. And extremes. In Bahar Shabahar, you have the absolute degradation that could happen. On the other hand, we're talking about the absolute highest spiritual plane. So how do these two things come together? As the beard in them, the explanation is, as he and his sentence, that is the whole purpose of the Parsha. That's what the message is. The Tachlis for Matan that the ultimate purpose of Matan the high, the highest spiritual place, is Nisht, as Yidin is not that the Yidin should remain on that height, in that high place removed from the world, and not to integrate with the world, and and not to want to get involved in a, a lifestyle which is a natural lifestyle. That's what one would think. You're on Harsina. Why go, why go down to live a natural life? So the answer, the, the, the truth is that to the contrary. So that the ultimate purpose is to go into a land, which a country which is an inhabited place and does go uh, live by the conventions of the world or nature in an hog of alpiteva velchegit an art and when you live that kind of a lifestyle which is the natural life conventional life so that could open you up to this kind of a challenge that you could end up in the absolute lowest place as described in Parsha Bahar and it's only because you have the power from Har Sinai that's what gives us the ability to rise above the life that we live in we must live in a natural life but it gives us the ability to remain above it to not get caught up and go down in the wrong path although because we live in nature, and nature is a concealment on godliness, and therefore even Torah recognizes that this could end up. Because as a rule, we don't rely on miracles. So therefore, it could end you. It could lead you to think the shaila to have the question. If so, if we keep Torah mitzvahs, we keep shmita. How are we going to be able to exist? How are we going to be able to survive? But the Torah gives you the strength to be able to overpower the inclinations of nature and to rule over the rules of nature. And that Hashem will provide, will uh, cause His bracha to appear to us in the sixth year, even before Shemitah arrives. Nach Eides kommt Shnasa Shemitah. He already sees that he has enough food to last for three years. 
And this we get from Har Sinai. That's where we get it from. Un oich, and in addition to that also, that even such a Jew which was forced to sell himself to a guy. According to the Torah, he is under the control of his master, his Goyish master. But even in such a way as his dog called that it could even occur to him, that since I am under his control, I have to behave like he does. But the Torah says, no, Sasu, that you're not permitted to do any of these things, even though you belong to the guy, you know, you're a slave to the guy. As in Yiddishkeit, what that means to say is that even though he does, you are enslaved to him, and he does control your, you know, what you do and so on, but the only thing that he doesn't control is the Yiddishkeit, of Yiddishkeit, that are matters of Yiddishkeit, of Torah and Mitzvahs, no one controls a Yid, which means even though you are a slave to the guy, but he doesn't give that kid doesn't give you the right to behave as he does because he has no control over that. He has no control over that. So that's the contrast that we find in Parsha Bahar. Al is von in And this the same message, it's a very similar message that we find in what Rav Shimon ben Yechoi said in this week's Pirkei Yavis, that there are three crowns, and that the crown of a good name supersedes them all. What does he mean by the crown of a good name? Where does one get a good name? From the good deeds that you do. That's what it means. It means the good deeds that you do give you a good name, and that's the most important thing. How do you see the two extremes here? Rav Shimon Yechoi was in the category of where Torah was his preoccupation. That was his full-time occupation. So much so that we say that Rashbi and his colleagues they in Shas, they are the paradigm for Torah when the Gemara wants to bring a, an example of who is considered Torah it's Rashbi and his colleagues so this very same Rashbi says that notwithstanding the great importance of Torah and even within Torah we talk about the crown of Torah which means that a Yid has reached the crown which means the highest levels in Torah which, which uh, the ultimate of that is that his full occupation is Torah is even so, even Rajbi, to whom this was his life, he says, that ultimately he realizes that the Kesar Shemtev, which means, the good deeds that you do, that's what is even more important than that. That supersedes even the highest levels of Torah. Well, the Tachlis from Torah is as as well bring because the ultimate purpose of Torah of learning Torah is that it should lead you to good deeds to mitzvahs in other words that it has to lead you to a life which is not only that you are learning Torah but it also it allows you to accomplish things in the world around you that's the ultimate says Rajbi so he see, he's saying the same thing 
as as Har Sinai. That on the one hand, Sinai talks about Matan Torah, the highest levels in spirituality. At the same time, it talks. You have to be in a place where it could lead to something negative. But of course, Torah will protect you. Torah will help you get by if through it. But not to isolate yourself in Torah, but to integrate into the world and to bring that Torah down into the world. Same thing says Rajbi by this statement, Kesar Shem However, it needs more explanation. Why? We could understand for most of the people in the world. Those people which are not in the category of uh, that Torah is their full-time occupation. Their, most of their occupation is not in the study of Torah. And as our sages tell us, Harba that many people did what Rabbi Shmuel suggested, which was that you should uh, work and uh, plow and plant and so on, and also learn Torah. But also the other men, they were successful to do that, at doing that. Kirajbi, many some people tried to do what Rajbi said, which means to be completely dedicated to Torah, without having to work and plant and plow and so on. Beloy also be And they were not successful at it. So we see that there are many people, in fact, most people, that it's not for them. That kind of Rajbi's life of Tayrosim and Nasim is not really something that they're capable of doing. So where do they belong? They belong in the category of the they are masters of good deeds. They their life is about doing mitzvahs and so on, doing that well. Is moving, so it's understood. Was by So we can understand how for them, Kesar Shemta, the uh, that which uh, um, <coughs> the uh, dedication to good deeds to mitzvahs is something which to them is greater than Kesar Torah. is Shaykh How can we say as Rashbi that Shimon and Yechoi was Torah that his whole life was about Torah, and he was a student of Rabbi Kiva, was Haltas Talmud Godel. Rabbi Kiva said that study of Torah is greater than mitzvahs. So, Er Halton, so this Rashbi, the student of Rabbi Kiva, who both are so submerged in the study of Torah, should be of the opinion as Keser Shem Tev Eilal Gabayim, that the that doing mitzvahs is even greater than Torah, that it's even higher than the crown of Torah, than the highest levels of learning Torah. And even though, of course, we understand that even Rajbi, Rajbi, who is so dedicated to Torah, he understands and he holds, he's of the opinion that you can't have only Torah. But you also have to, a yid has to do mitzvahs too. That doesn't mean that he is completely removing himself from the doing mitzvahs. Does Rashbi not agree that you have to stop your learning of Torah in order to build your sukkah? Of course he knows that. Of course he knows that you have to sit in the sukkah and therefore you have to make sure you have a sukkah. So even though he's dedicated to the learning of Torah, it's clear that you have to do mitzvahs as well. However, what that means is, it would seem that, that what, what that means is, not 
What that means is that you can't allow your Torah to stop you from doing the mitzvahs that every yid is required to do. By then, that even the one that Torah also has to do all those mitzvahs. Azavi by Moram of the is the Chiyuv to learn in Torah, just like a yid that is dedicated to the performance of mitzvahs. Of course, he has to learn Torah too. That doesn't exempt him from learning Torah, even though his main focus is on doing mitzvahs. And in the same way, even a yid that, like Rajbi, which is focused, whose main focus is learning Torah, of course also has to do mitzvahs. And, and talking about the yid that is, uh, that is focused on mitzvahs, he has to learn Torah al-Kaponim, Perek Echad Shachos, Perek Echad Arvis, at least one chapter in the morning and one chapter at night. So of course they have to do mitzvahs, but to say that somebody like Rashbi, that's Tayrasim Nasai, that he's of the opinion that doing mitzvahs is a higher level than studying Torah. What does that mean? Dalit. It would seem that we might be able to answer. Now that we could understand the answer to this from the Yerushalmi that we quoted before. After the Gemara asks in the Yerushalmi, does not Rav Shvi agree that you have to stop to build your sukkah? Is the Yerushalmi The Yerushalmi continues and asks the lesser Of course, doesn't Rashbi also agree that if somebody learns, he has to learn for the purpose of doing? The purpose of learning is in order to do the mitzvahs that you learn about. Because somebody who learns not with the intention of fulfilling that which he learns in the Torah, it would be better that he wasn't born to begin with. In other words, that's completely out of the question that somebody should learn not for the sake of doing the mitzvahs. So therefore the Gemara says, of course Rashbi holds that you have to do the mitzvahs. Vos from them is fashtandik. From that, the, the Gemara is saying that it's understood. As the Tamas Vadaf Mafsik Zain Lasis Sukkah, that the reason that you have to interrupt your learning in order to build your sukkah is Nishnarvals Muzain Oich Maisa Mitzvahs. It's not simply because, in addition to learning, you also have to do mitzvahs. Therefore, you have to, you're going to have to take a break from what's really important, which is learning to do the mitzvah, to make the sukkah so you can do the mitzvah as well. That's not all, the only thing it means. Nor nochmer, it means even more than that. Adosu the tachlis from limud. The purpose of your learning is in order to go out there and build a sukkah and to sit in your sukkah. As the lamid is lasis, the purpose of the learning is in order to fulfill, to do the mitzvahs. So the Yerushalmi follows up by saying, isn't the whole purpose of learning in order to do your mitzvahs? that since we see that the observance of mitzvahs, the fulfillment of these mitzvahs is the purpose of your learning, is the fun gufa der drungen, gedrungen, so from this we can deduce, they derive, as dos hot aggressor amaylevachshivus, then isn't that saying that the doing of the mitzvahs is even more important than the learning Torah? Because the purpose of learning Torah is in order to do mitzvahs. Doesn't that mean that mitzvahs are more important than learning Torah. So perhaps we could answer it that way. Abin Emerson is this but the truth is that this actually leads you to the opposite conclusion. 
Ados was medaf mafzik zayin tzutana mitzvah is nish mitzad milus hamitzvahs. What that's telling you is the reason that you have to stop your learning in order to do the mitzvah is not because the mitzvahs are more important. Nor What you're really saying is, why should you stop your learning in order to do mitzvah? Because the purpose of the learning is the doing the, the mitzvah. In other words, you're stopping the, the learning in to, order to do a mitzvah so that your learning will be on a higher level. Your learning will have its ultimate purpose for which it was created in order to do the mitzvahs. So it's all about perfecting your learning. That's why you have to stop learning to, in order to do a mitzvah. Because their lamed is nishlas is because if your whole learning is not for the purpose of doing is a then you're missing the whole point of learning. So therefore, in order to perfect the learning, you have to do the mitzvahs too. What, so therefore, what this is saying is that it's all about perfecting the learning, not so much about doing the mitzvahs. When we get at the and as was discussed once at length. Something that the Alter Rebbe says in, in the laws of study of Torah. Where he talks about the fact that you have to stop, interrupt your learning in order to do a mitzvah which cannot be done by anybody else. You're the only one that can do it. So he explains, because because this is what man is all about. As our sages tell us, the purpose of wisdom of Torah is in order to lead you to and if he doesn't stop his learning in order to do the mitzvah so then it comes out that his learning wasn't learned for the right purpose he didn't learn properly because he didn't do it in order to fulfill a mitzvah and if he shows that when there's a mitzvah which can't be done by anybody else he's not going to do it so then his whole learning is undermined so in other words, as the mit main the Alter Rebbe to Nazbezayin, that by saying this, the Alter Rebbe means to explain, Adozos Medaf Mafsig Zayin the Learning to Turn the Mitzvah, that the reason that you have to interrupt your learning to do the Mitzvah is Valdos the Tachlis Veshlemus from Chachma Torah Gufa, because that's the ultimately that is the purpose. That's what brings perfection to your Torah. And if you don't do that, if you don't stop to do the mitzvah, then you're, you, it comes out that you didn't learn in the right way. You didn't learn in order to do. Meaning to say that if he doesn't interrupt the middle of learning in order to do the mitzvah, which only he can do. Is there chesaron nish nor in them was a hot nish the mitzvah? It's not just that he's lacking; he misses the opportunity to the, do the mitzvah nor oich, but even more in them was the limudus nish gvenke the boy, because that brings out that his whole learning is not being done properly. Kumtoi, so therefore it comes out at the ma'ima chazal zok that the shleimus from chachmas tshuva masim toivin. So that what so then what the sages are saying is that the ultimate of Torah is Tshuva Ma'asim Tevin Abanishad as a Shtein Hechev from Torah but that doesn't mean to say that Tshuva Ma'asim Tevin the mitzvahs are on a higher level than Torah they are what perfects your Torah Torah still remains a reign supreme well Pisa HaDukush so then the question is back why does Rashbi 
whose whole preoccupation in life was the study of Torah, and although he had to do mitzvahs, but even when he did mitzvahs, it would seem that that is in order to bring out a greater, a deeper perfection in Torah. So how could he say that mitzvahs supersede the learning of Torah? Hey, the beer in them. So to explain... Since, as we know well, very well already, that the purpose of the creation was in order to make the world into a place for Hashem, is verstanden as alle fanem in der Avedes Hashem im Welt seine neutige der soll sich ausführen die Kabbane. So we understand that everything, every way in which we serve Hashem, is for this purpose the ultimate purpose of every service of Hashem is to bring out this purpose of creation which is to make a place for Hashem in the world Nishnor Maisa Mitzvahs and this doesn't pertain only to the performance observance of mitzvahs which generally mitzvahs are done with physical matter and therefore that is there it's clear that it's in order to bring um, holiness to the physical world so it's not only about mitzvahs that this is true, nor in but also the study of Torah is also for that to bring out that ultimate purpose of to bring Hashem into the lower worlds. And that's even the purpose of the kind of study of Torah in which one is completely removed from earthly matters. Even that, the purpose is in order to bring, make a place for Hashem in the lower worlds. So one of the explanations about how did the two come together, a person is completely removed from the world. How does that bring godliness into the world? It's a rule, that somebody who is himself imprisoned cannot release himself. Only somebody else can release you from prison. You who are bound up in the prison cannot release yourself. It's a marshal for many figurative ideas of, this, of a similar nature. So if the Yidin, in order to make they would be um, let's call it restricted to the type of uh, to doing to doing this kind of avayda when they are within the world. In order to bring godliness to the world, you have to be engaged in the world. So therefore, that would be the only avayda that was necessary, that was possible, in order to bring godliness into the world. If the, all the Aveda that is being done in order to elevate the world is done within the conf- confines of the world, so then you can't release you can't release the world from its concealment of godliness because it's all being done within the concealment of the world. So how do you release the world from concealment if it's all being done within the concealment of the world? And therefore there has to be an Aveda within the Jewish experience which is where we are removed from the world. Where we remove ourselves from the confines of the world and do our Aveda on that level. 
And through that Aveda, we have the possibility of elevating the world as well. Because now we're no longer limited or restricted or confined to the concealment of the world. And the ability to be able to do this is fundivas tarasim This comes from those people where, who are dedicated fully, totally to tarasim it's their function, it's their purpose that they have to bring their, that which they are perfect at being completely removed from the world they have to bring that kind of a at least somewhat that the Yidin also have that kind of a tenua, that kind of a experience the Yidin also do that, live that to some degree by by those Yidin which are dedicated, they're focused on doing mitzvahs is in this manim vazei darf nalpitayra abgem noiflimenatayra, so that during the time when these yidden by the tayra's dictates have to be dedicated to study tayra, because as we said before, even yidden that are focused on mitzvahs have to learn a little bit in the morning, or learn a little bit at night as well. So when they are in the mode of learning tayra, a feel events is nor arvis, even though it's limited. So a little bit in the morning and a little bit at night. So on the Shas Halimud, so while they are busy learning, they learn and zain in themselves. At that time, at least, they should be completely focused and dedicated to their learning as if there's nothing else in their life. Only the learning of Torah. They have no other worries. They have no other, they're not thinking about anything else other than their learning, and therefore they're not worried by it. They're not troubled by what's going on in their business and so on. So not, except for, I said, the only thing that they're focused on now is limited Torah, studying of Torah. And by this, through the, those tzaddikim which learn Torah, they bring this kind of a momentary, at least uh, temporary situation into a Yid's life. That when he's learning Torah, he's completely dedicated to the Torah for that moment, for those moments, until he rises above everything that is the world. And therefore now, every Yid has the ability to rise above the world, and therefore to be able to elevate the world from its concealment from godliness. Vav. In order for this Yid, now it be, we understand that every Yid that is dedicated to Torah has to also bring that, uh, some measure of that to the rest of the Yidin. So in order for him to be able to tear himself away from his learning and to dedicate himself that he should bring to every year this kind of a feeling in their learning. So it's not enough that he should, when should he start uh, doing this? When should he start focusing on this? When he finishes learning. And now he's going into a mode where he's going to have influence on other Yidin in this regard. That's when he'll start thinking about it. How do I go about this? What do I do? That's not enough. Because if he is a person that is constantly and always in the mode of learning and that's his whole occupation and that's the only thing that he thinks about and does. 
can sein, as if it demelt nish kenim pale sein by zich, ibereisenem limut. Because there's a possibility if he's not, if when he is learning, he's never thinking about how am I going to bring this down to a, to the other yidden. So then it's possible that he will he'll never end up doing it. He won't be able to tear himself away from his learning in order to go and have his impact on other yidden. And that he has to tear himself away from his learning in order to get to start involving himself with people that are not on that level of Tirasum Nasi. And therefore, therefore, it's not enough that when he's finished learning and now he's ready to start influencing others, that's when he'll start thinking about it. But rather, his whole learning has to be done in such a way that is accompanied by this feeling that he also has to impart this feeling to all the other Yidin. As the Tachlitz from the Mlimud is Kedei Uftzatan Invelt. In other words, that the purpose of his learning is in order to be able to bring this down to the world, meaning at this point to other Yidin, so that they could also elevate the world through their learning and therefore release the world from its being trapped in the hell and the Hester and so on. That he should bring the, uh, this feeling of Terasum Nasi at least for the moment that they are learning to the rest of the Yidin as well. So his whole learning is also with that intent, with that purpose. That's a, ma- a, a main focus, that's an important focus of his learning. And this could be said similar to what we, which is explained, about the outstanding personality of Rabbi Kiva, how he dealt with the issue of Nichzus B'Sholom Yosef B'Sholom, there were four sages that went into the Pardis, which means they went in to study the secrets of the Torah, Saydus HaTorah, you know, things which are on a esoteric levels of the Torah. So about Rabbi Kiva it says, he went in in peace and he came out in peace. And not like the other three, that when they entered into the world of esoteric learning, something happened to them. They didn't leave in peace. One of them died and one of them went, uh, you know, he lost his mind. And one of them went off into the wrong, on the wrong path. But Rabbi Kiva went in in peace, he came out in peace. As Dozva said, is Yotzav Shalom. So it's explained that the reason that he came out in peace is given the Favas Nichzav Shalom. The reason is because he went in in peace. What does it mean? The Gemara says he went in in peace. Didn't they all go in in peace? The problem was that they came out. The other ones came didn't come out in peace. So it should have said Rabbi Kiva Yotzav Shalom. And the answer is the reason that Yotzav Shalom that he came out in peace was because he went in in peace. Saying Knisi in Pardus, when he entered into the world of esoteric learning, Saying Rotsui, in other words, his feeling of wanting to be part of that world, in order to escape this uh, corporal world and to go into the esoteric world, is given Besholem. Even that was in peace, meaning to say, with the intent. He knew on the way in. He knew that the reason that he's going into that world was so that he could come back and bring the impact of that world to this world, to the physical world. 
the Shuv and Velt, the return to the world. He already was thinking about how to bring it back, about to go about the return into the physical world on the Ribi, the Yatsub Shalom, and that's why he was successful in coming out in peace. Whereas the others were more focused on going into the world, and they didn't plan on the going back into the world, and therefore it didn't work out the way it should have. In other words, that it's similar to what we're ta- saying over here, that the learning of a, of a person that is the learning itself has to be with the intent that he's going to bring the impact of that learning to the rest of the Yidin and therefore to the rest of the world. And based on this, we can explain what the, we said about the Yerushalmi, but again, that the Yerushalmi says, Did he not stop his learning? Even for someone who learns will he not stop for a mitzvah? As the Gemara says, Does Rashbi not agree that you have to interrupt? And he adds another thing. Does he not know, does not Rajbi not agree that if that the purpose of learning is in order to do because if you don't if you learn not for the purpose of doing, it's you better that you shouldn't have been born. So one could say that what the Yashami means by this is Nishnar he doesn't mean merely that Rabbi, uh, uh, Rajbi, of course he closed his Gemara in order to go build his Sukkah but that's not what the Yerushalmi is talking about Onishnar is as the Tachlis in the limit is vem and not it doesn't even mean that Rajbi realized that the meaning, if his learning is to have any meaning, it's only if he does a mitzvah, and therefore in order to bring perfection to his learning, he was willing to stop and do a mitzvah. That's not what it means either. Nor nochmer means more than that. The lomit gufa is given almanas lases. The whole learning was with the intent of being, of that you have to bring it down into the world of Asiyah into an impact in the world. Shain inim letzim limu that as he was learning dafzich onen dekavana on the tachlos alimu din lasis that while you're learning you have to be able to understand and appreciate that the whole purpose of learning is in order to bring it down into the world. While on anders vechpeter efshazayin ummeglach to mafsigzayin because otherwise you may not want to leave that world as is what happened with the other three that went into Rabbi Kiva, similar to what happened there, that they didn't want to leave, and therefore when they were first forced to leave, it caused, un, you know, uh, unfortunate results. Zayin. Kem and Abafregen, but still one could ask, We can understand when somebody is not learn when his learning is not on that level where he's completely dedicated and there's nothing else. When a person learns Torah in a way that he's not completely removed from the world, he's got a job too, and so on. So then you can understand why in that kind of learning, a person could also have, that learning should be accompanied by the thought that really it's about 
getting down and helping another yid and lowering yourself to that level and so on. But when we're talking about a person whose entire learning of Torah is with complete and absolute and utter dedication, how could a person like that, when he is involved in that kind of a level of learning, how could he have in mind at that time that he's going to now have to get involved with someone who is busy with his, uh, in his farm, he's a farmer, or the equivalent of a farmer today, he's a businessman or whatever it is that he does in order to earn a living, but he's involved in earning a living. How is a person that is so completely removed from the world able to think during his learning that he has to get involved with someone who's busy do, earning a living? The two worlds are two contradictory worlds is the beer in them, so the explanation is, that this rotsi, which means to the urge to escape the world, and then the, the return to the world, to be knowing that you have to be in the world, the fact that these two things are contradictory, are opposite ways of looking at the world, that's only so because we look at things from the perspective of a created being because we are within the context of the creation of the world so we see things in that context and leaving the world and being in the world are two opposite uh, motions when Ayid puts himself in a place which is beyond that he is able to rise above the context of the world, the perspective of the world, of the created world. In Pashat which means, what does that mean in simple words? When a person puts himself that his, he has no interest in the perspective. It's not important to him what the perspective is. What's important to him is, what does Hashem want? That is the only thing he's, he's in, interested in. What is the will of Hashem at this moment? And whatever he does is only with one intent. What does Hashem want? That's what I want to be doing. So then, to him, whatever he's doing, if he has to be removed from, world, from the world, he has to be completely submerged in a deep idea in chsidus and, 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 and learning and something which is removed from the world, where he's completely, he has no interest in eating and so on. Why is he doing that? Because that's what Hashem wants. When he goes down into the world in order to be in, integrated into the world and be involved with somebody who is uh, busy with his business, why does he do that? For the same reason, because that's what Hashem wants. Because, in other words, both of them come from the same place. He has only one interest. What does Hashem want? He wants to be removed, I'll be removed. He wants him to be, my feet planted on earth, my feet will be planted on earth. And they're not contradictory at all. They are both the will of Hashem. Another example of this idea. We know the statement that, a, that one who was an agent is like the Meshaleach, like the one who sent him. 
or the statement Eved Melech Melech, the servant of a king is the king in other words represents the king and this is true Saiv and the Shlichus on the Avedah Zainan in Zachem Belcha Zainan B'Mailus HaMeshleich V'Amelech this is true when the agent is doing something which only the king could do he, he stands in the place of the king and therefore can declare things and accomplish things because of the name of the king he has the name of the king so therefore he can do those things or when a Yid represents the Eibishter and therefore is in a way in a thing which is in the power of Hashem so that's when he is or Eved Melech Melech but it's not only then that, that it's true this is also true when the agent is not only he's not representing doing something that only the king could do he's doing something which he as a person brings to the table it's his talent which is accomplishing it even then he's called and the same is also true that a person it's not only when he is in the, in the level of Rotsi, which means he's removed from the world to it's not only then which he is fulfilling the Rotsi Hashem, it's also when he's in the Shuv, when he has his feet planted on earth and he's doing earthly things mitzvahs that are earthly things then too he is fulfilling the Rotsi Hashem so in other words the, when he rises above who he is, what he does, how he's doing it, and he's only focused on one thing, he's fulfilling the will of Hashem, then there's no contradiction if you're doing it by being completely removed from the world, or you're doing it within the context of the world, you're doing it in the limitations of the world. It's even more than this. Because we are now reaching into the essence of Hashem, when we get to this level where we are uh, we don't care about where we are it's all about the will of Hashem now you're touching the essence of Hashem and in the, in the essence of Hashem uh, opposites can live and coexist with each other you can do both things you can be firmly planted in the earth and completely removed from world at the same time so when you're learning because this is you, what you like and this is what you enjoy and this is where you are at so then it's true it's very difficult to relate to something which is such a low place where a person that is actually as Rabbi Rajbi said they're actually busy with planting and plowing and so on when a Yid is learning Torah with the intent the reason that he's doing it is because he wants to fulfill the purpose that the Eibishta has for learning Torah which what is that purpose to make a place for Hashem in the world down here then you can bring together the two opposites at the same time which are you can be completely submerged in the study of Torah in the way that Rashbi was and at the same time he's completely cognizant of the fact and he's completely permeated by this knowledge 
as the tachlis from sein libidus kadei erupt to neither in zich umashpia sein of balei asakim. That the ultimate purpose of his learning Torah on this level is for the purpose of going down there and having an influence on people that are busy with worldly matters. Ches. And this idea we see expressed by Rav Shemim and Yechoi. The Gemara that sailed, the Gemara tells us, as Aroiz gaining from Maira, that after Rajbi came out of the cave in which he had been hiding out for 12 years, after he had spent 12 years isolated in, in the uh, cave, and he came out and he sees he was confronted with people spending their time plowing and planting. Omar, his reaction was, Look at these people. They leave aside eternal life, the learning of Torah. And they're busy with temporary life, life in this world. And therefore, as a result, wherever they looked, whatever they laid eyes upon, was consumed by fire. Dafkes, in other words, that they were burning up the world around them. So they were told to go back into the cave. Only after the 13th year, one additional year spent in the cave, is when they came out, so it was Rabbi Shimon and Yechai with his son Rabbi Lazar. So wherever Rabbi Lazar looked, and he still had that attitude, and everything that he looked at got burned. So Rabbi Shimon Yechai healed it. He fixed it. And he said to his son, it's enough for the world, me and you will take care of the rest. They can be busy with their uh, work, and me and you will take care of the other stuff. The diuk in, What does he mean when he says, it's enough for the world of people that are fully involved in Torah, like uh, me and you, we're enough. What did he mean? He didn't mean to say that it's enough that me and you will be sitting and learning. Everybody else will not be sitting and learning. Of course, that's not what he meant. What did he mean? What he meant to say was it's enough that me and you, we will be learning on the level of He meant to say that if me and you will be involved in we will bring it to the world. We will be able to impact the entire world with our that they, the world too should have an element of our from our learning that way. And that can be also, we could say, that that is the difference between being in there for 12 years and being in there for 13 years. The The number 12 represents the the the, the world, the reality of the world. For instance, there are... Uh, 12 months in the world, Yud Beis Gvulei Alachsen, or other things, there's uh, 12 um, paths 
of, uh, of uh, whether it is uh, mathematics or whatever it is, in science there are 12 Gvulei Alachsen. Yud Gimel, so that's 12 represents the reality of the world. Yud Gimel is Hechaf and 13 represents a level beyond world. As an example, we find that the Yud Gimel Midas Arachmim, the reason that they are so powerful is because they transcend the 13 attributes of mercy because of the number 13 represent that which is beyond the world. So Mitzad Mechines Yud Beis Ishtalshlus, when it was a result of 12, which is still within the reality of the world, when they spent 12 years in the cave, and therefore to them, they were still on the level where removing yourself from the world and being planted in the world were two opposites they can't live coexist with each other they saw it as they're abandoning eternal life in favor of temporary life they couldn't see how the two could live coincide how the two could live together how the two can be influenced from each other as by divas that even those people that have to plan, plow and plant, so that they too can be involved in eternal life. They couldn't see how the two can come together. Only when they reached the level of thirteen, having been in the the cave for another year. Is given only then could Reb Shimon heal that which Rabbi Lozer had burnt. Nisht In other words, that he wasn't removed from the world anymore, even though he was on a level which was you uh, completely removed. But he he was able to heal the world as well. Nor Adarabe Helm the Vilas is crying because he was able to heal because the world does have an illness. There is a limitation to the world. That he was able to influence the world in such a way that the people of the world should also be elevated at least in some way to the level of as he explained before. And this is also the explanation in and what Rav Shimon says that the crown of a good name supersedes them all as main bepnimi is what it means at least on the, in the, from the inner dimension perspective that what this is talking about is the maisim teivim as it is embedded in the study of Torah which means when you're studying Torah to be cognizant and to have a mind and to know that the purpose of the study of Torah is in order to bring that Torah down to those other people meaning to say that those people that are in the level of they have to have as a part of their that it's all for the purpose of bringing that to the world as a whole the and that's why supersedes them all because when in sugav tzayin learn fazich, because in addition to what he that is learning, which is in order to for his own sake, in anoyfim from kesa when he is learning in the level of terosim nasi, is completely removed from the world. Is da al gabeim, 
there is what hovers over his Kesetaira. While he is involved in Kesetaira, what is Al Gabay and what is the focus of it? He knows that this is the purpose of it. That he has the Kesetaira in mind, which means the Maisim Tavim that has to be brought down into the world does haste. The Kesetaira Gufa, that was a Kesetaira meaning to say, that the Kesetaira itself, and the same, of course, is true for Kesetaira and Kesetaira in their world, is in an oifim for Shemtev, is done, the Kesetaira is done in a way that the Kesetaira is always there, hovering above it. Abgem is andere, which means the purpose, you know, that the purpose is to be able to influence others. Dan is in an oifim von oile. Then it's in a way that it rises up. As a sfirtzich oiz the mechuvim from the zayin it rises up means it meets the purpose of learning Torah. Then it goes up into yes, you have reached what the purpose of Torah is, which is that there should be a dira leizvar of tachtainim. Valderach haremes yeshloimar, and according to remes the. Uh, in the system of Torah called remez, which is like suggestive ideas which come out from another idea, yesh loimar, we could say, the far is the maimar and alfan al-shbiyah That's why this Mishnah, that kesa Torah, kesa shemtev, is happens to be the 13th Mishnah of that Perik. So Meramazayin, this is to uh, to hint to us as the inyan from Kesar Shemta Ve'Lo Gabeim Hatzich Uivgitam Arashbi that this recognition and realization that Kesar Shemta uh, supersedes everything. When did it come to Rashbi? Nochon Zayin the Yidgimul Shonen Ma'ira after he had experienced the thirteenth year in the cave. Mitzad Bechinas Yidgimul Kanal because of the the uh, what thirteen represents. That it's transcendent of Ishtalshals and therefore opposites can come together. Yud, the mid vetmefashtein, the shaychus ba'anal lagbaimer. Now we'll understand the connection between all of this and lagbaimer. A state in Zayir, it says in Zayir. Till now we explained the connection between parsha bahar and the two opposites that it represents, and the keser shemtev and the two opposites that it represents, keser shemtev and keser tayr. Now to explain what the connection to Lagbaimir is state in Zayr, as in them talk from Zainistalkus that on the day the Zayr says that on the day that Rav Shimon passed away, Hatrajbi Tsuzaman the Midvasaralain is Tsugikum to the Hasta Sagis in Rosaday Raisa, in addition to the fact that Rafshbi Rashvimin Yachai reached the highest levels of his understanding of the uh, esoteric area of Taira which as we know on the day that a person passes away at Tzaddik reaches the absolute highest level in addition to that he revealed to his students things, holy things that he had not revealed until that time that this is in accordance this is in addition to the general approach of Rashbi to the matter of the esoteric area of Torah, where he was different than the other Tanoim. And the Tanoim other Tanoim which were also involved in studying esoteric areas of Torah. They did not reveal those secrets of the Torah to, the, uh, to others. Rashbi's Zinin is given the Chibra from Sassim Megali, whereas Rashbi 
he did reveal it. He brought together the revealed parts of Torah and the esoteric parts of Torah. So that Atem Chelik from Torah was in Anayfim from Raz, the area of Torah which is still which was considered to be the concealed part of Torah. Val says Hechef from Gilufim Vel because it's why is it concealed? Because it's beyond, it's higher than being able to be revealed into the world. Haterarob Gibrach Ledegilui. So he did it differently. He brought all of that into a revealed state. And one can say that this is the combination of the eternal life, which is the Rose Torah, and temporary life, which is the Torah, which deals with the reality of the world. And he brought them together. So he in addition to that was his general principle approach to Torah he revealed secrets which had never been revealed on the day that he passed away so this bringing together these two the, light, the uh, temporary life which uh, eternal life which is which means that which transcends the world bringing it together with temporary life which means being in the world is that is also the the message behind what Parsha Bahar is in the Parsha is Mudgesh the Parsha emphasizes that even when a person has to deal with land with the earth with the land of Israel which is nature it's at the same time you also have to be connected to Har Sinai which transcends the world and nature even more so this is a tale from Parshas Bahar that being involved in the world as we said that what is meant, talked about in Parshas Bahar is starting from Shemitah and then a, a complete descent that could happen as a result of that all of that is connected to Bahar Sinai it's all part of talking about Har Sinai it's all connected to Har Sinai because the purpose of it all is to fulfill the uh, intent of Har Sinai and as it's expressed at the beginning of the Seder the beginning of the Seder we know is like a summary of the entire Seder and it's also included at the end of the Seder as we say the rule that everything goes by the conclusion whatever the conclusion is that's what the whole thing is about so the beginning and the end talk about this in the beginning of the Seder talks about Shemitah is that what is the uh, what is realized, accomplished by Shemitah that even a Yid which is busy with agricultural work and he's so submerged into that that in, in his mind he's asking how are we going to be able to eat if I don't plant Canal Sibbeza said before so, so even somebody that is so uh, you know earthy, earthly that he too should experience a Shabbos Lashem, a year that is dedicated to Hashem. 
Then a kenzich obgeb mungitzich obapayl mit bahar sinai, a time that he's able to dedicate himself, he's able to dedicate himself, and therefore does dedicate himself to what is contained in Har Sinai, which means limited Torah, to the study of Torah. As on Kenadigas without any worries, all that say similar in a certain way to the people that are studying Torah, purely for the sake of studying Torah. In a more subtle way, when he says Shabbos Lashem, Hashem, the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke, is the name of Hashem which transcends nature. It brings together past, present, and future. So this Yid, even though he's so generally submerged in nature, is able to, to experience a year where it's transcendent of nature, as expressed by the name Havaya. When in stats at the beginning of the seder, when in siyum seder at the end of the seder, there's There is an even greater. Uh, we real, we reach an even greater level, as Rashi says, Allah seder that things progress. The the uh, parsha works in a progressive way. As afilu azvos is even such a person that has sold himself to a goyisha owner. That even when we talk about being submerged in the world and in nature, is that is the absolute lowest place to be. That he's so completely sold to the guy that in his mind he's, he's already thinking he could have the, uh, the idea in Torah Semis and that Torah recognizes that is a person is able to think that way, this person is able to think that way, as Afani said that he is no different, that he should behave no differently than his non-Jewish owner. Even such a person, Zok so the Torah says, as Nish, nor Leisasu, not only is he, is he not permitted to do those things which the Goyish owner does, as Kena Kenish Mezlan Afaidin, in the Yon of Torah which means to say that even though he is his master, but no one is able to rule over a year the matters of Torah Mitzvahs, nor Nochmer Ani Avayin Emel but that even to this person, I am his God, I will pay him, I am trustworthy to pay him his reward. What is the meaning of reward for his mitzvah? That this godly energy that is brought about and revealed through the fulfillment of the mitzvah, like by mention, illuminates, is revealed to the person, illuminates that person, in and that he's able to comprehend it. That's the meaning of the reward. When we're not at the reward, we, it just happens, but we don't know about it. We don't, it's not revealed to us. But the reward means we will comprehend it. Meaning to say that even somebody that sold himself to a slave, is able to rise above his being enslaved to his guy, non-Jewish master. And reach the level that Hashem is his Hashem. That he's able to transcend nature to. That's how high one can rise.